0: This is the Believe Crew podcast, and the business is you. Being an entrepreneur, no matter what stage of the journey, requires personal growth to sustain your success and create the ultimate life of abundance. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew, and your host. Join me as I interview coaches, entrepreneurs, and authors that inspire us to go where they have gone. Be inspired today to grow and be the best you. I'm excited to get started today with Talmar Anderson and Boss Actions in the House. Tell us about everything that you do and really
1: why did you get started? Oh my gosh. Okay. So, long, long time ago, there was a little girl in a galaxy far, far away. And no, I definitely do not wear Leah's hair. Um, so, I started this iteration of my business. Is that what we're asking? Yeah. Well, I'm a movie person, and um, I my story starts with, I, I worked with clients uh, as an operational consultant for about seven years. The movie part will make sense in a minute. And um, so about seven years, I've been working with clients op- as an operations consultant and strategic, right? We could talk about, didn't matter, accounting, information technology, marketing, whatever you want, how to grow a business, how to build a business, didn't matter. But over seven years... Everybody asked the same two questions. What was that? How do I find good people? And what do I do if I have to fire them? Because all these small business owners were like, I don't really, I don't know. Did I make a mistake? Are they going to sue me? What do I do? And I thought, there's got to be an answer out there. Why, why are so many people asking these questions? And as I looked, I was like, maybe I am inventing these wheels. And what I found was that there, there were organizational structuring consultants, consultants out there, but usually business owners didn't have access to that kind of concept and teaching and awareness until they could like afford $100,000 a year masterminds. And by then they would fly somebody in, they would build it for them and they'd be like, okay, good luck. This is what you're doing right. This is what you're doing wrong. Do it this way now. And so I thought, how is somebody supposed to get to the profitability that allows them to join $100,000 a year masterminds if they don't understand how to attract the right people, if they don't understand how to be specific on what success looks like and, and the whole hiring and management how-to's. And so I was determined, I was like, okay, maybe this is a thing that I should go out and do. It's a thing. It's a thing, right? It's a real big thing. We'll talk about that. But um, so I was I was still testing the water. I wasn't exactly sure that I was going to do this. and much like a lot of us coaches and consultants we like to go and learn and reach out so I was going to a new mastermind group of people that I didn't know very well it was up in New York City I lived in Virginia DC at the time and so I go up to this group of 75 people and they have us all stand up and introduce ourselves and I I open my brand new journal because gosh don't we all love our journals like you crack it open right don't you love that I, I feel know, like I've been seen. I do <laughs> right? In the new journal, you're like, I'm so ready. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to do this. Let's do it. Urgh. And I open it up and I write hiring. And I was like, wow, ah, that means I have to tell them. So I stand up and I introduce myself. And hi, I'm Talmar Anderson. And I help small business owners understand how they can hire for their companies. And this is the movie part, right? So you know in the movie where the... Um, the main character is like, they're doing some big thing and they take like a giant sword and they stab it in the ground and it goes kind of like this big, kind of goes out, right? Like it's all these waves out. It was like, I get goosebumps every time I tell the story, I swear to gosh, right now, up and down my spine, everybody, you could tell that everybody was like, hiring really i could learn that is that a thing oh my god girl do i want to like i could hear i could hear their minds like understanding and processing this in it and like curious about it and i was like wow that is vastly different than when i come in and i say i'm an operations consultant <laughs> they were like they got it they needed it they wanted it and i was like okay this is a thing and so that is the beginning of boss actions which we officially, that was in 2017, the end of 2017, we officially launched at the beginning of 2008.
0: That's amazing. So then in the end, do you help clients with one-on-one work and how do you help them?
1: Ooh, yes. But in my, um, my desire to make it accessible, remember when I first started researching it, I found out that, you know, people with money, can, we can get the answers faster than the people without the money. So we do have versions of our program. It's called bossification because everything's a verb with me. Like it's action, 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 right? Um, But so uh, we we wanted to create an on-demand version because I do really truly want to get to uh, business owners as quickly as I can because the sooner they can learn this process, which everybody can learn, it's just a step-by-step thing, then they can do it Uh, and they can start to get benefits better and better as the more they practice and, and repeat and use this process so I do have an on-demand version I also have an in-person group setting where people can come and and they can spend a couple of days kind of to make it a shorter learning process and really get it and do it and walk away going holy cow that was amazing and then the one on one work is absolutely something that we do and it's and it's uh it's interesting because I tried to get away from it in my head I needed a scalable business and this is a personal story right I had originally tried to launch in-person events for my previous company, Talmart up, because I was a verb back then too. Uh, and so my previous company, and right two weeks before I launched my very first one, and it was like, ex- this is before Airbnb, so like I had to rent this giant house, and I had to I had a cater, like we were doing it big, right? Two weeks before my father passed. Mm. And what that meant was, I didn't get to deliver my thing beyond the grief mm. part of it, um, was just the physicality of having to be places and help family. And, and, and I wasn't in the best headspace probably for delivering. Right. And uh, right. so I, I just had to cancel, which meant money back to everybody deposits lost because of the, it was in such mm. a short time frame, and that it was, it was like a big deal. And so I had that block Right. That idea. Oh, no, no, no. It's never going to rely just on me. I'm going to again, the team concept was there before I even knew it. But I I wanted scalable. I wanted things that were accessible to clients with if I couldn't be in the room. So um, so back I've gone back and forth with one on one coaching is really my answer. But, yes, we do work with one on one clients.
0: I wonder if we're what I heard you maybe saying was. Even though you wanted to just scale it, you've realized that there is a power in one-on-one coaching and that your clients still want it.
1: Well, let's be clear. There's money in one-on-one client work, right? And I don't mean it just like that. I I really have come to terms with the fact that I will never get away. I will probably, probably still deliver the VIP boss days, which is the three-day intensive, at least some of the time myself, because being in the room with everybody getting it and the Mm -hmm. ahas. Oh, that's just so sexy, awesome, fun. I love it. And I want it all the time. I just, I just want to talk about you and your team and how we can make this easier for you. That's all I want. So, um, but I I recognize I won't do all of them all the time. And and I have backup team that can step in if I win a Powerball and I need to go around the world for a month. Right. And I'm sorry. I just, I, I will have to do that. You've
0: created systems around it. That's great. What I'm interested in next Mm -hmm. is what you've had to do to develop personally. And this is going maybe a little deep and vulnerable.
1: And I'm hoping that you've done the work. The personal development side, uh, I had tons of limiting blocks, right? I I didn't think I could do live events. Gosh, I was was nervous. And honestly, you know, our our live events aren't full all the time yet. So they're not exactly what they need to be. Um, And we're getting ready to launch a second version of them because you know that's what they want and it's what they need and it's different so live events are scary because you're spending the money whether anybody shows up or not right Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: um and it really takes that faith of i believe so much in what i'm doing that i'm scheduling it i'm putting it out there and until the minute i show up i'm gonna let anybody join in so that they can get this benefit right and so one, you know, you might think you're going down for one person and, you know, within the, a week before, three more people sign up. So you only have four. Who ca- I don't care if there's one person in the room. I'm showing up, giving my whole heart. If it turns into a private VIP, bully for them, right? Three days with talent. Mm-hmm. So right, I don't right. care about that. But the beliefs behind spending the money before it's there it, with live events, you have to do that. I love what you're
0: bringing out there, and I think there are a lot of people that can connect with that. And so many don't even start because of those beliefs. That it's hold us
1: very back. scary, right? It's very scary. And mm-hmm. and I will tell you, when we first launched, there was a couple months that we because we do it every four to six weeks right now, and so uh, there were a couple months where we were like, that magically, that date just went away because it didn't yeah. sell. Like we weren't yeah. like, guess what? Yeah. We're not there, <laughs> right? We were just, <laughs> right? Just into the ether that date went. Right. And it's nobody was like, hey, didn't I see there was a date? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, we have dates all the time, right? So uh, when yeah. we first launched, you know, we definitely, you know, I, I, had, I had one where one person showed up, and I just delivered it like there was 15 people in the room, which is our maximum. And uh, it was awesome.
0: That's so awesome. And really what you're speaking to is what you ask your clients to invest in because when they're looking to bring on new team members, sometimes it's before they feel ready.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Well, so yes and yes and no because i really try to make people uh i give them tools so that they can see that the cash is there right we've got different ways right to right people, so i'm right. like look we don't have to do it before i mean some people are proactively hiring they're like i know this contract is signed i have to deliver we have to get the people in let's get out there. And then there's situations where they're like, "Okay, I'm investing in this. It's going to hit. We have to hire now so that we are because some people want to be proactive, which is what I recommend. It's way less stressful, even if you're spending. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But the truth of the matter is a lot of us are are hiring reactively. And so if we can show them that, that we're reacting to trending sales, trending demand. Right. We're busy because the business is working. Which is why we need to hire. So it's not it's not a thing where, um, if I truly believe it's not a situation where I'm asking them to magically find money they don't have. They have it. It's just about mm-hmm. having the faith that we're going to find the right person that's not going to waste their money. We're going to find the right, right. person that's going to do the job and build the trust. There's a lot of emotions to get past for our clients. Um, and they, they might say it's money, but we can easily prove that out. Like, you've got the money. Here. Put it in this line. Go backwards three months and you'll see you could have covered their monthly salary. So we know the money's there. So let's talk about the trust factor, which is a huge. That's what our I mean, I'm telling you, that is exactly what we are all about. Communication and building trust in the team you have. That's what we do.
0: I want to go back to something that you said about the limiting beliefs for yourself. Mm-hmm. How did you work through those?
1: Oh, coaches, energy workers, acupuncture, alcohol. I use all the tools I can get my hands on, really. And it depends <laughs> on the it. day. Some days I'm using all the tools on one day. Um, but, you know, uh, for me, the real aha came. I mean, I, I love business. That's why Jamie and I are good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, for me, the aha about really having to get my shiznit together um, was my son. Mm. He was seven years old, and he he was invited to a taekwondo competition. Yeah, my kid was a black belt at seven. Just go with it. And so, uh, we were invited to a competition. But in the competition, they did rounds of three. Like you had, they had all these people that were just. Not everybody got to do this. It was invitation, right? But they had these little groups of three. And he goes through and he gets in third. And honestly, you know, it wasn't his best performance. So we were like, okay, you did, you tried, right? That's, that's all that matters. He was like, I came in last. And I was like, whoa, you did not come in last. I don't even want it. I came in last. And I was like, that's not true. And he was like, I should have done this, I should have done oh the have's, the should- haves, the should- haves, the have's, and that it was just worthless. The effort and time and energy he'd put in was worthless because in his mind he only saw that he came in last in that moment And I recognized that I can say whatever I want, which has always been a philosophy, right whether we're a leader or a parent, we have to demonstrate and I know that that was something I would do. I' be it I could have closed nine sales today and I should have done 12. I could, I could have helped somebody save an employee and it, I should have done three more clients work. Like I can always push myself that it could have been, should have been, would have been. And so I recognized that I had some real stuff I was demonstrating in who I was and how I acted that was going to totally uh, affect my kid. And I was like, yep, that was my do it switch. It just so happens that all those issues also, as I worked through them, got better for my business and better for my marriage and better for my friendships and health and all that stuff. But for me, the catalyst was seeing my son not enjoying a sense of achievement, and that really bothered me.
0: You're really connecting things for me. So I think of uh, when my kids turn to me and they're like, Mom, you don't teach us to do this. Why are you doing that? Mm. You know, and it was like, you know what? (laughs) That's a really good question. Like. Yeah, like when they're and and that is something that I think about and I encourage other people to do is sometimes as parents, I feel like I'm willing to spend more on them than I am than I am on myself, giving myself permission to spend on myself and invest in myself. But the thing is, what our kids want most is to see us doing it and modeling it so that they can believe it's possible.
1: Well, so that that goes back to another story, which is, uh, you know, when I, when I really, I, I used to manage law firms before I was my own business owner and I was thinking about being a business owner and um, I got some great advice from this wonderful woman, Donna Ivy, shout out to you. And she, I was really worried because my son was two when I was starting my business. And I knew that meant not only was I working, but that meant I was networking when I wasn't working. I was really going to have to invest time and energy. And I was worried about how that would affect my young son. And Donna said, this is the perfect time. She said, right now, when they need you, they will pull on your skirt. They will cry. They will yell. They will be like, I want your attention now. You need to be there when they're teenagers. Build your business so that you can be more accessible and in the room when they're teenagers. Because when they come looking for you, if you're not there, they're not going to scream and cry and pull at your skirt. You're either there and accessible or you're not. And because family life is a big part of the decision to be a business owner so I can be where I want, when I want, and how I want. Um, That was really relevant. So I knew I was doing okay when one day, he must have been four, he comes up to me and he goes, I was like, okay, but I got to go because it was like an afternoon or an evening. And he's like, okay, are you going to a speaking or a working or something like that because he knew I did speaking and somehow there was a lot of beings in that and then he knew that sometimes I would just go network and work and I'll, I was like oh it's just a working right I'm like oh, <laughs> I'm not speaking that's adorable. Time, right and he goes oh okay he goes well I've got a joke and I'm like so already he doesn't get it because I'm not the stage I'm not telling but I was like tell me your joke and he tells me his joke and I was like okay I'm gonna tell it Well, as it lucked out during the networking event, there was a time when I had like five people in a circle and we were just chatting. And I was like, wait a minute, at least like at least four of them, I was pretty sure were parents. I said, my son, four years old, gave me a joke. Could I tell you? And (laughs) it was like, they were like, of course. And I was like, "Okay." the apple fell from the tree and rotted or died. I don't remember. It was a horrible joke, but they all laughed because they got it. They were like, oh, yeah, that's a great joke. I got to go home to my son and tell him everybody laughed at the joke and he felt like he was contributing to my business and he could see that I had had fun and he knew how I loved doing my work. So there is something to tying your family into what you do and mm-hmm. using them as a mirror to be a better you, to be a better person to deliver for your clients. I mean, that you know, not everybody's a parent and they're brilliant business owners. And I think that's great. Right, right. It just so happens that my motivation to be a better person, my awareness that I needed to work on it came through my child, which I think is the mirror for most parents, right? You're like, ooh, that's I love what that. I like. And, and
0: oftentimes I do think that entrepreneurs have a reason to develop personally because, again, there's something that gets stuck and you're like, ah, but in life we could get stuck oh. and it's not worth, you know, we, we just can't give ourselves permission or don't feel like it's worth it to make that investment. But in business, it's like, okay, I have to get past this.
1: I have (laughs) have to, I have to, I have to. And that fear, golly gum, it's just, it's just so big and pervasive and it just creeps right back in. And, and, uh, you know, I've been, so I've been, so my son is going on 14, so I guess I'm on seven years of working on this stuff. Trust me. We're still thinking all of it, right? Um, Mel Robbins gives me permission to be okay with not being okay for a really long time. So thank you. I appreciate (laughs) that. Um but i uh i I really it's just a lot, and the fear it doesn't matter how good it is there's fear and this human condition of really just that the we're just so programmed to doubt every stinking mm-hmm. thing right did you feel and it as much when you were working for someone else i I think I felt it different, but definitely not as much right i I, I, I was always in positions where I knew exactly how well the business was doing. <laughs> like I, I knew whether we needed to worry or not. I knew whether we had, you know, I was always in the higher echelons of, of the leadership of whatever company I worked at. So um, I didn't have a, 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 a lot of risk taking because I had bigger teams. They were already developed. Right. I, I didn't really start a lot of companies until I started companies for myself. I I would take them and improve them and build upon them and right. make better things, right. you know, whatever we were doing. But I, I but I wasn't really a person who had started businesses until I did my own. Um, and that was, you know, I was OK not knowing things. I, I'm just I'm impatient. And that's because <laughs> there's life is not. They don't care. Life does not care. Your clients don't care. Your bills don't care. Your family who wants to take a vacation doesn't care that you need three more months to just get this campaign up and rent. They, no, like I want it now. And that's the constant lesson. I mean, if there's a wall that I am banging my head against all the time, it's how do I make this faster? How do I get to the result faster? And Learning to step back and just be like, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing everything right. 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 Oh, it sucks. I, I'm like, woo sa you know, I do all my meditations. <laughs> I rub all my rocks, right? Like I am very woo, but it's always, okay, I have to, the lesson, the same lessons over and over again, right? Isn't that the worst part? Mm.
0: So when you're working with your clients, yes. Do you find that there's a, is there a number, like when you get to a certain number in business or a certain place where some of these things don't hit anymore, or is it just different? Absolutely not.
1: No, I, it doesn't matter whether I'm talking to a client that has $25 million in revenue or 25000 in revenue, although I probably don't have a lot of those clients right now. Um, uh, it, it's, it, it's the same thing. What if it doesn't work out? What yeah. if I fall on my face? What if... I can't deliver on what I say. What if I'm not worthy? The, the one that comes up later is worthy of success, right? We have mm-hmm. worth issues early on, but it's very different. It's as we uh, as we start to hit that success, that's when that worthy one starts to, you know, the imposter syndrome and all these things really start to come back at us because success comes and we're like, hmm. I still feel like the same person that was freaking out a minute ago, right? Mm. Um, and so, so that one changes, I think, as you as you get more success and you achieve more. But, um, but I I find it we, we all have the same worries, exact same fears, exact same fears. So
0: when you said that about the the worthy and the success, mm-hmm. I felt that like where it doesn't. I mean, that was the experience that I saw in people that had multi-millions that they were still stuck maybe at the dream from 18 and hadn't really upgraded to the, yeah. you know, <laughs> to the next level. Yeah. And, and so what you said about how you're like, I feel like I was the same person I was then, or all of a sudden it was like, you move from doubts to success so quickly that it's like your, your brain didn't have a chance to keep up. And tell me more about that. Cause that like,
1: I felt that. Well, and I, I think it's, um, Right. We build, we're striving to get past our fear, right? All that we do is to get to a place of peace and ease. That's my philosophy. We're all trying to get to peace and ease and we might define peace and ease differently, but that's the goal. And so once we have that, the brain just fills it in with, okay, but now you're going to lose it. And then once you're confident, you're not going to lose it. You're like, well, now we're not, we have too much of it. It's not fair. And then we're like, okay, we give back, but we're not giving back enough. It does not matter that the you know. So I'm I'm reading um, the way of the peaceful warrior, which is a great one of my favorite pieces in this story. Is that it takes the mind, and the brain, and the soul, and it's like it's like these they have different things that they do and it's just a, I, I just really like the way the the writer uh, discusses it and so um, so for me when I say the mind that is my doubting voice right when to when I talk mm-hmm. about my mind it's my doubting voice and my brain is my intellect and my soul is my emotion and, and and they mostly define it that way but that's how I read it and, and interpreted mm-hmm. it. and so when I I've noticed more and more that when I say my mind I'm I'm using it as a negative word I'm like My mind is going crazy. My mind is my negative doubt Mm -hmm. voice in my brain and in my soul that keeps pulling me, you know, uh, uh, separating those two so they don't align. And that's where you start to feel discomfort. And uh, but I think that the mind is constantly like filling that void. If we can get some Mm -hmm. peace and ease, then it's like, nope, that's not right. We got to fill it up. And so it's up to us to learn how to be whole in that newness. Which is it's new, so how do you feel? Right, it's a it's a efficient? new
0: the un, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Like, yeah, the, uh, That's
1: right. a better way to
0: say it. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, but everything that you're saying is connecting for me on the things that I was seeing, and trying to, I was in a position of implementer, and so mm. I wanted to believe that everything was possible because I saw the vision and then didn't realize how the visionary might be having doubts because as an implementer, you're just more task oriented. You're more like, this is my job. I got to move it forward. Like it doesn't matter if I have doubts. And it it doesn't seem to hit as hard as when you're the visionary. That's my take right now.
1: Because the implementer or integrator, right? That's another term. We right. For that. Right. Um, is, uh, is, is focused on the steps they're achieving steps right. and they can see the steps are right. moving forward. So where's the, where's the problem? What are we talking about here?
0: But um, yeah. the
1: visionary has an image that's constantly moving and adapting and changing. Mm-hmm. So, if that's true, um, you don't get an ever sense of the goal line. So, that's where visionaries and CEOs and bosses uh, really mm-hmm. need to have a defined moment of success. Um, right. You know, you'll hear coaches say, you celebrate those moments. But, but the problem is, we don't define them, right? How, what do I need to feel? To know that I've achieved something, and we'll say I want six clients, and so that could be a celebration. Woohoo! I got six clients. I'm so excited. Right, that was right. a great day or a great month, year, whatever. So, so you take that and you go, okay, that is a thing. Uh, but then the then the visionary is like, oh crap. Now what do I do? Right. It's mm-hmm. and in fact and in fact in hiring it happens it happens when we uh, there's a role that I talk about people hiring. It's called the second in command, and. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we really bring in, that's the implementer integrator person usually. Uh, even even visionaries that consider themselves technicians, are are still not usually great implementers integrators. They got right. they can do piece. Nope. They got their you know, yeah. They're like I can I can process the heck out of this spot right here. That's the, yep. somebody else do it right. And that's why we hire this second in command. However, it's the same thing as these limiting beliefs. Inevitably, every single one of them will have a moment where they call me and they say, I don't know what to do. They're either struggling with because all of a sudden the customers are no longer looking to them as the answer person because we built it that way. They've got hmm. people that can answer. So you don't have to. So they a little bit of that ego's lost, right? Or yeah. they're like, uh, I, I don't know what to do with my day. Everything's getting done. I I literally right. I don't know what to do with myself. Right, so then then they come back to us, and we can have a conversation about what the CEO life really is going to look like, and how that, where their choices are, and where and help them kind of get focused again. But it's that same void, right? If we do everything right, it will create empty space, whether that's in our mindset, in our limiting beliefs, if it's a, if it's a way of letting flow come in, or if it's hiring the right people, we're going to create a place of space, which means we have to start over again, and we have to decide a new goal, a new purpose, a new life lesson, right? That we're working on. And that's, it's, it, you know, there's a constant achievement refilling situation. And I think that's hard sometimes.
0: I love all the truth that you've been uh, sharing. And uh, it feels like I should say truth bombs when it comes from this direction. Yeah. I know. And is there, I love it, of course. And Sometimes I have a list of questions that I work from, but I'm wondering if there's anything else that comes to mind for you.
1: Uh, You know, with regard to limiting beliefs. And so, you know, everybody has to do it their own way. And whether that's, you know, everybody talks about taking the time to meditate or journal or pray or exercise. Let me be clear. We're all using those different things for the same thing. And what we really, I believe what we really need to get to is an understanding that, Space is the big goal, which is mm-hmm. kind of what we've been talking about, right? So yeah. you are successful when you have space, and it starts by getting space on your calendar, right? I have, mm-hmm. I have an hour or two where I'm not stressed and I don't have to work, and I get to just think,
0: right? Mm-hmm. I, love or, I
1: love that. Or three times this week, I made it to the gym, right? That's that's space. And yes, we're going to check off that we did a healthy thing. But let's be clear: that's good for the soul and the mind, and all the things that's giving us space. Spaces what we're looking to achieve, and that's where we'll find peace and ease. And I think that um, as we hit those achievements, the space is there. And instead of letting ourselves be in that, we have a tendency to go, "What can I feel it with? What can I worry about? What can I stress?" Right? Mm. And so, do you feel like do you feel like that's um... A
0: moment where there's this I'm okay with being and just being instead of feeling like I have to do I still have value even if I'm just in space
1: oh yeah girl yeah I remember working through that one yeah that's a yeah there's value in me not I I am still a contributing member of society the universe humankind whatever you think about by just being in this moment and and Mm -hmm. I'm you know I've said this before I'm convinced my husband was sent to me as a guide to learn presence of moment He's really good about pointing out sunrises and sunsets. Not that I wouldn't be like, yeah, that's great, while I'm driving down the road to eight appointments. Right, right. But he'd be like, no, no, come look at this. And I'd be like, I would not have seen it. I wouldn't. I would have been in the peripheral. I would have I'd have been like, oh, yeah, the sun is gorgeous, and I'm grateful for another day. Keep moving. But instead of like, holy cow, can you believe the color of those clouds and the you know, the trees? Look, It looks like there's a blue disco light out here, or whatever we're seeing in that moment. Um, and, and so I've been, I've been gifted with people in my life that help me remember being in the moment. Right. And it's up to me to decide Mm. to do it or not. I can easily go, nope, don't have time. And that's when I turn into that person. And so that's the thing I've been being present, being in the moment, being okay with not doing my best friend calls me hyper, um, efficient. Cause if I do, it sounds like a good word to I know, me. I well, you know. I was like, oh, that." tell me more. Right. Hyper-efficient is if you're going up the stairs, uh, you should have three things in your hands. Hyper. hundred What are you doing? Go, I, I just want to go get a thing. You should be taking a the thing. There's got to be something that needs to go up there. Right? right. I'm just like all the time, like, no, no, no. And the joke is two more minutes. I need two more minutes, which never is That's two bad. minutes. And I knew I was using it too much when my son would tell me two more minutes as a young... Two more minutes. I was like, ah, okay. That might mean something different than I taught him to believe.
0: Awesome. All good stuff. Anything else that you want to share? I love this. I'm so thankful that you've been willing to be vulnerable and share stories with us and excited about where your business is going.
1: Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and... You know, I'm a big fan, so I'll support you in whatever you do. And the Believe Crew, I love them very much, and I work with them. So um, I just, I'm just excited to see where this goes and how you're going to deliver in such a fun, amazing way for all these people and all these coaches. It's going to be um, very exciting. Uh, I'm excited to be on the ride. Thank you.